Welcome to the Hereby Call podcast, where we focus on preparing the called and reminding the returned by sharing life-changing experiences from serving the Lord. Sit back and relax because you're listening to the best podcast of this dispensation. At first, like my stomach just nodded up so hard. I was like sweating, panicking, just like, oh man. But I was like, you know what? I want to be the best person I can be. And if it means like, you know, whatever the consequences, I just want to do it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I remember, yeah, for three hours, he just sat and listened. And at the end, like, he was just like, thank you for telling me that, you know, like, I, I, I honestly, I don't remember too much what he said, but I do remember the feeling just like what Zach mentioned. I was just like, it was just like the love of the savior, just like his yeah. arms just engulfing you. Welcome back to the Hereby Called podcast. I'm excited. We've got Trevor Mashad sitting across from me and Zach. Trevor is one of my best friends and happens to be in town. He's not one of my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> As you laugh saying that. But I, I know his family very well. Very well. Good Thanks, folk. guys. Thanks. So his dad is, his, real quick, his dad is one of the most like Christ-like dudes I've ever met. <laughs> Both his parents. Okay, let me just tell you a quick story. All right. Here we go. All right. I went to Mexico with your family. I don't know if you were there. I was, I, I know exactly what you're going to. <laughs> okay. Yes. And he, we're there on the beach and all of a sudden he drives their like 1980s Suburban on the beach and he's like, it drives, I don't know, a mile off. And all of a sudden we're playing there and it's been like four hours. We're like, where is brother Mashad? Dad? And we like walk down and he's totally stuck. He's stuck like he high centered, right? And when we get there, he's like, I am so happy to see you. And I'm like, dude, if that was my dad, he would have been like, why did you take so long? And so <laughs> I came up with this thing and I told him about it. WWBMD. What would brother Mashad do? And I told him that he, and he told me he wrote it in his journal. <laughs> <laughs> did your dad have a journal? Apparently oh, he does. Of course he does. <laughs> yeah. So whenever I'm like, I'm like really mad. I'm like, WWBMD. <laughs> Was, what, what would brother Mashad do? <laughs> was that the tri uh, trip as well where the fuel line went out? Yeah, exactly. And then like, yeah. 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 We were all packed up, ready to go. And there was like so much sand in the gas. Like, I don't know if it was in the gas tank or it got sucked up through the engine. The fuel something. pump went out, just broke. Yeah. And so we're like, well, unpack. And so we were there for like another two or three days. No, I mean, no. It was just like, the, well, maybe it was actually. I'm pretty sure we were there for... I just remember he's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Start praying, everyone. <laughs> and so we just like started praying <laughs> for like some miracle. And then that's right. I think you and I shared a room. Probably. How that's come right. you're taking Zach to Mexico and not me? Where am I? You were like, <laughs> was I on my mission? <laughs> no, I think you guys were still in high school. I don't know. It was right when I came home for my mission. It was like, yeah, Jamie invited Kara and then Zach came along type of thing. Oh, he, I don't remember. the extra guy spot. I see. Yeah. yeah. I got you. Anyways, I'm sorry for that, but that's how I... That's, That's my dad. Yeah. I enjoy the Mashads. They have a really cool pool too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This is uh, off to a rocky start. All right. So we've got Trevor here. Trevor, what's the name of the mission you served in? It was Mexico Merida. And then did that name change? Uh, the name didn't change, but our mission did split um, into Cancun, Mexico Cancun mission. And ours was the Mexico Merida mission. So... I always like to start from the beginning. What yeah. were your thoughts when you opened your mission call and you read that you're going south? I felt just like the biggest white boy ever. Cause they're like, 
I was like, Mexico. Okay. I know where that is. But like Mérida, I was like, nope, no clue. And like you're living in Arizona. You're like, you feel like, you know, Mexico. Cause it's like, oh yeah, we went to Rocky point or you know, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know where it was. What did you think Mexico was going to be like? That's hard to say. I didn't really have an expectation of what Mexico would be like, but I had an expectation of what my mission would be like. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so like when I thought of Mexico, I thought of my mission and I was like, I'm going to be in the jungles just like, I don't know why like Vietnam comes to mind. Like, just like, <laughs> like with a machete. May, yeah. Maybe like those like world war two documentaries or whatever, where like the <laughs> soldiers are like guns in the air and like chest deep in the waters and like vipers are falling from the trees. Trevor's going to get issued a gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why. That's just what I thought. So, so, and you're the youngest boy yeah. in your family. So how many brothers do you have? Uh, we're four boys. So I have three brothers, three brothers. And then, and did your dad, did your dad serve my a mission? My dad served a mission. So you had some examples going before you. Yeah. So it was like never really like, oh, I'm not going to serve a mission. Like I always knew I was going to grow up to serve a mission. So you go to the MTC, mm-hmm. the Provo MTC, right? Yes. Yeah. Why, why did you go to the Provo MTC and not Mexico City one? Uh, I think my understanding is to, in order to get your visa you have to be outside of Mexico. So like if I were to go to Mexico, I could get like a temporary visiting visa, but I can't apply for a residential visa, long-term visa, I guess. Gotcha. So that's so, what sent me to Provo. So it's unique that you went to the MTC in Provo, mm-hmm. you're learning Spanish and then you didn't go to Mexico. What happened? So I didn't get my visa on time. Uh, my entire district actually, we were delayed. So usually it's like nine weeks. And they delayed us a week thinking that we were going to get our visas and then that didn't happen. So then they delayed us a sec, another week. So it was 11 weeks total at the MTC and they reassigned us to different missions. And one half of my district went to, I think Chicago, Illinois, and we went to Salt Lake city West. So they got to fly off and I was and like, you were oh, in a bus. Yeah. And then we just got in a van <laughs> and just like drove to our mission. For they just Provo. issued a bike. <laughs> so I, what was, again, what was the mentality you're sitting there in the MTC, you're all hyped up to go to Mexico. And all of a sudden you, you're like, I got to, cause you didn't know how long you were going to be in. So, no. like, so you're like, what is going on? I was, yeah, I was kind of like limbo. It was kind of nerve wracking a little bit. Um, I mean, it was still fun. Not, looking back, I'm kind of grateful I had that opportunity cause I get to say I was able to experience kind of both sides of the mission. Cause there's only one transfer. Oh, so it okay. wasn't actually that long at all. Like within like two weeks, they said I got my visa and I'll just finish out my transfer. So it worked out great. But like in the moment when you're like stressing out and like every minute seems like an hour, it felt like an eternity. Oh, I'm sure there was a, an elder in my home ward who was in, I think like, you know, a West Jordan or something for mm-hmm. almost a year. And they're like, well, we yeah, might just keep would... you here. But then he finally got it and was able to go. But yeah. 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 What, what advice would you give to someone that is waiting for their visa and a mission that they maybe don't identify with? It would probably be advice for them. And then also the other missionaries that are in the mission. Uh, they would call us visa waiters and everything. Yeah. And so there was a real big stigma of like, Oh, they're just going to leave. Like they're not going to do very much and everything. Like I would just say, you know, the people, the missionaries who are in the assigned to that mission and those who are temporary, you know, just put your head down and work hard and get work done as much as you can, you know, don't worry about it if you're going to leave the next transfer because in any mission, your companion can technically leave, you know? Yeah, that's true. Changes. So your district in the MTC, you got split up, but were you all going to the same mission in Mexico? We were all going to Mexico. Um, some of us were going to Mexico Medida. I think a few were going to Mexico City. Okay. 
So you all end up back in Mexico together. Well, at least those, that half of your district. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And that was fun. So I've heard of Mexico city. I've heard of Rocky point. Where is Mary? Like, tell us about kind of the geographic. So it's the Southern portion of Mexico and it's the peninsula that comes out at the bottom that kind of like makes the whole Gulf of Mexico. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at that circle, it's like the bottom half that um, shoots up. That was like my entire mission originally, that entire thumb portion. Which included Cancun. Which included Cancun. Yeah. Everyone's quick to point that out. No, we weren't. <laughs> Our mission president was very strict. We were not allowed to visit there wasn't tourist like a, areas. It's just a tourist area. There wasn't like a ward or a branch or anything. No, yeah. There was a, yeah, it was, oh, okay. the Cancun area was like the most American uh, oh, branch. Oh, sure. Because they, they said there was a basketball court there. Everywhere else, there's no basketball court. <laughs> but they said like, oh, that's yeah, how you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been to Cancun, but my flight from Texas to Brazil flew over Cancun and I could like see all the lights on the beach and I was like, Oh, <laughs> but yeah, Cancun's like the Las Vegas of the world. Like it's, you just hear some like really sketchy stuff. Oh, I'm sure. Just, yeah. So that was in your mission, but then it, your mission divided while you were there. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when I was in the MTC that October was uh, the general conference where president Monson or the age. Yeah. Uh, cleared the age for like 18 year olds, uh-huh. which I was like, literally I turned 19 and I had to wait like an entire year <laughs> in college. So I was like, dang it. Like that would have been nice if that was a year earlier. But yeah, so that's what we had like the influx of missionaries coming in. So they started splitting missions, got a whole bunch of new missionaries coming in. That makes sense. That's what, you're, why you're, we, we split the mission. Beginning of that wave. Yeah. So you land in Mexico. Whoa. So hot. <laughs> you already How answered you your question. <laughs> yeah. Like what, what were so your first impressions and humid? When did you get there? Like what, what, what month? Ah, it was January, February. So the funny thing is, so I got reassigned to Salt Lake city West and I didn't have any snow clothes. Cause I was like, okay, I'm going to be Mexico. Like the high is literally like 80 degrees in the Yucatan. Like it's close to the equator. So mm-hmm. I was not, I had like a light sweater. That's all I had. So I'd be like tracking in the foot snow in Salt Lake with like my suit for your sandals. <laughs> yeah, basically I had to like borrow a couple uh, members jackets and everything. But so then I landed in Mexico and then, you know, it's January and freezing cold and then it's like hot, but it was actually, it was, it was a nice, it was warm. Yeah. But I just remember the humidity specifically. So that, that area being so far South and so kind of that peninsula, it was pretty tropical down there. Yeah. 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 So it's like serving in Rio, it doesn't even have to like rain. It's just humid. Like off the ground. Did you get to live your dreams out and like get a machete and chop down? Yeah. Fully? Really? Yeah. Oh, hey, no, hey. funny. Funny you mentioned that. Totally. So you, <laughs> you weren't too far off with like your, it's going to be like Vietnam and I'm chopping and there's. Oh, well, I guess. What, yeah. And yeah. 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 So we would, um, so for like service in order to like mow someone's lawn, you would just grab a machete and yeah. chapiar. Oh, and you just, so you weren't, you weren't like, but I wasn't, no, in the jungle, around. like, no, no, sorry. You do a street contact. Where do you live? And you like points to the top of the mountain right there and you're like, <laughs> oh, you all get there. All right. So it's always fun to get immersed in a new culture, but it can be very frustrating also because mm-hmm. you can't speak the language. Yeah. Were there any words that you stumbled on? I mean, there were a lot of words, I guess, that I stumbled on. Um, any specific, I mean, Pecar versus Pescar. I'm trying to think like, I remember my mission companion told me to pronunciate my ends. Cause I would say, 
like the point is and point is punto but like oh yeah yeah you kind of had that arizona you gotta accent. hit that in yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. but you like, gotta if hit you that miss in. the end it's like a big yeah, you're saying, no no <laughs> you're saying the b word right yeah yeah Hey, I'm just trying to make a point, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, uh, excuse me? Yeah, come again? So, Trevor, I don't know if you want to talk about more about your mission president or some cultural things, but you slept in a hammock. Oh, yeah. Your well, entire mission? Yeah. Entire mission? That was, oh, I slept on in a hammock like a week in my mission. I couldn't do it. It was a learning curve. But I loved it. You had to like, you couldn't sleep in it. You had to do normal. You had to like sleep in a sideways kind of. Yeah, you had to right? sleep in an angle so that way it wouldn't like mess your back up. Like, so you weren't laying it on it straight. Yeah. So you were like curved. You were laying it in a diagonal. You just shake position. your head when you see people in a hammock and you're like, they don't know how to do it. <laughs> well, like the, the like, hammocks let, out here. Let me show you. Let me show you. I know, right? <laughs> the hammocks out here aren't meant to be necessarily slept in. So like the ones that like we had, they were just, it was just a, like a uh, twine. It was just it's strings. Like and it was just, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But they gave us um single person ones, but they had like marriage size. So like, you know, like California King size hammocks. Those were the money ones. Mission would you, would them. you, did you, you have your own? Them. Did you like pack it up, roll it up in your suitcase when you were transferred? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was your bed. So you just, you took it with you wherever you went. And every single house you slept in a hammock. Every single house. So wow. you always slept it on was a luxury everywhere. To, it was a luxury to sleep in a mattress because that usually meant you had AC. So did you not have air conditioning and no, <laughs> no heated water, no air conditioning. Yeah. I fans, I just fans. slept on a mattress on the floor. I love the hammock though. Cause I, I had a hard time. Did you sleep in it when you came home from your mission? I remember you brought it and you showed brought, me and you're like, dude, try it out. And I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably up at the cabin. Cause you, you had to have like the attachments and the hooks and everything. Uh -huh. So it's hard to, you know, set it up in your room, but I loved it. Cause I would just push off the wall and I would swing myself to sleep and I'd zonk out. Just out cold. And you're exhausted as a missionary. Yeah, I'm exactly. sure you're walking I'm sure that's miles every day. And oh my gosh, miles we would of walk miles every day. Every <laughs> with 35,000 of your closest friends. Yeah. It was so, yeah, much walking. That kind of reminds me of a story of in my first area in Campeche, they had this. It was, it was the only area, usually the Yucatan is pretty flat, but the Campeche, there was big hills. And there was this one that like the hill was straight up. And while I was there, there was like two times where the car's brakes just let loose and they would just smash into the trains and like a couple of people died. But the point is it was like steep and there was an investigator we had up there and we were we went to go pass by to pick him up to go to church. And I remember that day we were walking, we walked up that hill like three or four times and I drank so much water. And at the end of the day, I was like, you know, closing, like writing my journal and reviewing everything. And I was like, I haven't gone to the bathroom today. Like I've just sweated, sweated all the out. liquids out of my body. <laughs> like it just blew my mind. And I drank, and I drank all my water. It was like a gallon of water that day. Nothing. Did you, how many, how many pairs of shoes did you go through? Uh, I know that's a, that's a tough that's question. Funny. Uh, I went through so many and I, then we would always kick the rocks in between each other's legs. Did you guys do that? Yeah. 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 So I just destroy my shoes. <laughs> yeah. Mom, I need more rock boards. We would, um, yeah, so we would just re-sole our shoes. Ah, yeah. That's what we would do. And like I don't remember tire, how many, right? but they were, what's that? They like chop a tire off, right? Or did you? It was, yeah, it was just rubber. Like it was okay. actually really bad. I, I I did it once and then I was like, oh, it was, like it didn't fit me anymore. So <laughs> yeah. I gave it to another companion that fit. Who were some of the people that you taught that you still remember to this day? Oh, man. 
for sure, for sure, the first one that come to mind is the Uribe family. They were at the very end of my mission. And I'm very happy with how I ended my mission because I just felt like it it was kind of lame, but like a storybook ending. Like I was just able to finally baptize like my entire full family. Because in Mexico, like you go to Mexico and the expectation is you're just baptizing like left and right. Because that's, you know. That's the expectation. That's the expectation. Because I mean, I remember when my brother, he went to Mexico City and he baptized hundreds. Wow. You know, and that was just, I was like, oh, okay, that's just the normal. But it wasn't, you know, it was was really hard. So um, the Uribe family, they were super special. And I felt like it was just kind of like the culmination of all my talents and skills and, you know, putting my faith in Christ to be able to be a part of that family's uh, baptism and conversion. We said we, we first met them with, we were meeting with a family, uh, one of the members and we just, uh, it was supposed to be a member activity. So we were going to watch some sort of plan of happiness video that the church has and no one showed up. So we just started knocking on all the doors around and just saying, Hey, in 15 minutes, we're just going to have a, a, you know, show about Jesus Christ. And honestly, in Mexico, like, it's pretty normal to just talk about God. Like they have a very strong belief in Jesus Christ and God. So it wouldn't be like here or like, you know, I live in California. Like if you did that, like people would just like get angry at you, mm. you know, but there it was just, oh, okay, cool. I like, appreciate it. And so, and so this specific family came and it was awesome because the father of the member family bore his testimony at the end. And he just said like, you know, I know I'm sealed to my family and I know that the gospel of Christ is true. And it was just like the spirit just boom, testifying of his words. It was just powerful. And immediately like three separate families that weren't members, like, you know, this is really interesting. Like we'd like to know more. And it was just like, whoa, it works. (laughs) It was cool. Member lessons work. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, um, but the, so it was, uh, the mom and two sons, and they were great kids and they, and the mom and the two sons were pretty, I mean, the kids were, I think like one was seven and one was eight. So one was able to get baptized and the other one was still uh, not of age, but the mother was very receiving and open towards it. And this, the dad was pretty closed. He, he had a good strong belief in Christ, but he was very skeptical of religion just because, I mean, he, he told a few stories of you went to this one congregation, the people would just start clapping and, hooting and hollering and if you paid your tithing that day you'd get double the blessings and he felt like it was very manipulative um of the leaders and stuff like that so he wasn't a big fan but i ended up actually ending my mission with my son and they were supposed to get baptized like a week later and so my family came to pick me up and we were able to go look at the bat like watch them get baptized and be a part of that and like you know, watch my son, like, you know, baptize him or, you know, be there. I was like, that's my boy. That's awesome. Yeah. So Matt, since we're on the topic of your ending, your mm-hmm. mission ending beautifully, <laughs> there's a part of you that is still in Mexico. Probably. I don't know where it is. But what happened? Yeah. So I got an appendicitis and that's pretty common. I mean, really? <laughs> it's just, I don't know why, but I don't, I think it's from what I hear, it's the spicy food and we would he, eat habaneros all the time. Really? I got to the point where you could handle it. Oh yeah. I loved throwing off members and, um, you know, people just be all humble. Like, I don't know if I can. Okay. (laughs) No, for sure. Like in one of my areas in Isamal, 
our mission leader, he could just, he would down two habanero peppers per meal. And I was just like, how is that possible? And so like, I it was, it was pretty lame, but I was like, I'm going to make it a goal to be able to just like eat like as if I was a native. Yeah. And so it'd be tortilla in one hand, habanero in the other, and you take a bite of the tortilla, habanero, or yeah, I bite the habanero and then you just, you know, have your little taco. And I think the goal of the, yeah, it, it was hot at first, but then like, honestly, it just probably just killed all my nerves and <laughs> it was pretty bad, but you built up a resistance. To yeah. It. So anyways, you had appendicitis because, oh yes. Yeah, so, so I had an appendicitis, because um, your probably because of habanero. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know at the time. So about a week before I actually got the surgery done, um, I was looking at my journal. I was trying to figure out, I didn't realize, but I had, I was actually throwing up. And that's one of the first signs of, you know, a unit of appendicitis. But like, to me, that was just like, just every normal. other day. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You'd, I, you'd eat something just like, yeah, that wasn't right. Um, it was just, well, so like they call it like how we have the flu season. They have diarrhea season. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, I don't like the doctor literally said, oh yeah, it's the time. It's the it's season. It's season. that season. Yeah. Yeah. When I went in one time, I was like, Hey, I'm, you know, I got the runs. He's like, oh yeah, it's just the season. I guess like, is it hotter? The meats usually go bad faster. faster. So you get bacteria. But, um, so yeah, for me, it was just normal that I was throwing up, but I started feeling uneasy. And then literally the last day on my mission. So we had transfers. And so we're, I'm with all the missionaries that are going to be leaving. And your parents. And my parents. So that's Monday. My parents are flying in Wednesday to pick you up, to pick me up. Okay. And like, uh, go check out my mission. This is, and so I'm finally like my stomach's starting to cramp. It's hurting really bad. And I'm in the bathroom. Like, and it hits me. I'm like, I don't have like diarrhea. Like this isn't, you know, this isn't the runs or something like that's not something I eat. And, and it's just starting to get worse and worse. And I'm with all the elders and with the sister president, sister Garcia, and we're going to Costco. And I was like, this is an amazing place. Like, <laughs> just, yeah, I haven't been in Costco in forever. So I was like, wow. You feel like you're in America. Then. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sitting on one of their, you know, uh, um, chairs that you can just sit on and, you know, feel it out the office chairs and everything. Oh no. And Did I'm just like, cramped, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm like in so much pain. I can't stand up. Oh. And I remember this guy's like, Hey, can you, can you move? Like, I like to sit on this chair. And I just like, look at him. I'm like, oh, I hate you no so much. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so I, I stand up and I was like, okay, something, this is bad. Cause I can't, I'm like hunched over. So I go over to sister Garcia and I'm like, Hey, I, I need to go to the hospital. Like now, like I, cause she was going to take us to the hospital. Like that was on the plan of the, events on the errands. Do. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, all right, let's go elder. And they take me to the hospital. And sure enough, they, they take a blood test and then they push on your stomach. And then when they push on your stomach, that doesn't hurt. It's when you release where it's like this excruciating pain. So the doctor like comes over and he's like, oh, push, release. Oh my. And I like swing at him. Like I tried, I seriously, I, I like jump up. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh yeah, you have an appendicitis. So then that very moment they put you under, they put me under and you woke up that was, later. Yeah. <laughs> I was just waking up and that was great. You know, what's crazy is you're not, didn't Kenley also have appendicitis? Kenley had an appendicitis, but his was way worse than mine. His, uh, Kenley's Trevor's brother. Yes. My brother. And he was in Mexico too. He's the one that served in Mexico. He, his is like exploded inside of him. So like, I don't know how his pain tolerance was able to 
even last. But yeah, so like once your appendix like blows, like that's not good. So they had to like take its insides out. He has like a scar from like his chest all the way down to like below his belly button. And like that, they just literally opened him up, had to clean out all his organs and then put it back in. And my understanding is that hospital was not the best hospital either. So Ugh. it was rough. Did was his caused by habanero eating as well? Probably <laughs> something, something Mexico. They didn't want us there. <laughs> so tell, tell us about training your, what, what we refer to lovingly as our sons, the missionary that you trained. Yeah. So I had two sons. My first one, it's funny enough because at the time him and I clashed hard. Nice. As in like, I had these expectations of you and I are going to be the best father son duo. Like, you know, just, we're going to be great. I'm pretty sure like I heard stories of you and your, yeah, I had your very son. similar experience. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, you know, Jordan made it work. Obviously I got to have a great son. So we're on our bus and I was like in my, and in, in, we were in the best area too. So I was like, this is going like, to, we have all the makings to make this happen. We were in an area where they had mine pyramid ruins. Wow. Like in order to go to my mission or my mission leaders, like we would pass by uh, the largest pyramid in the Yucatan Peninsula. Wow. Surface area wise. Like it was an entire block. Um, so I was like, sweet. Like, you know, he's going to love this area because everywhere else is just like city and, you know, regular Mexico. But this is like a piece of history of, you yeah. know, the Mayans. But um, so, but he didn't really want to be on the mission at first. And he just like straight up told me, he's like, I really don't have a testimony. Was he an American or? He was Mexican. Okay. So he was, he was pretty, I mean, he was lazy. He was just, he just didn't want to be there. And he told me, he's like, you know, when I was in the MTC, like the reason why I really want to be here is because I saw this other system missionary that was really pretty. And I wanted to just, you know, serve a good mission for her. And I'm like, oh, that's not, that's it's not, not going to last. Right. Yeah. It's not going <laughs> to happen. You know? Um, and so like it became a competition between us. Like he just didn't, he would never bear his testimony. Cause he's like, I mean, credit to him. He was just like, I don't want to say something that I don't really believe in. Mm. But it was like, well, this is awkward because you're a missionary and you're expected to testify. So, you know, why are you here then? But obviously I'm, it's not like, I'm, you know, he needs to go home. Like, of course not. So, um, I just tried working with him, but I would get pretty creative in how I would try to get him to talk. And it started off pretty passive. And then it went to like straight direct and I'd be like, okay, so, you know, like we know the church is true. And I would do the whole, like, you know, look over my companion, like, okay, like you take it from here. Like, this is the point where like you testify or this is where you teach this point. And he just like, look at me and shake his head. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just start talking again, you know, and start te teaching. And I, I seriously like taught like all our lessons for that first transfer. And then, but I got to the point where like, I was kind of like, just having, I was a little bitter about it. So I'd be like, anyway, so my companion would like to bear his testimony. And I look over at him and he'd be like, no. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, you can't say no to this. So I was like, you know what? My companion, a different lesson. I'm like, my companion would specifically like to bear his testimony and say that he knows the church is true. That's it. And I look at him and he'd be like, no. <laughs> It was so frustrating. How did you have that much patience? Jordan, I don't know. It was just like, it was frustrating at first, but then like, I just kind of turned it into a game. It was just like, dude, this is like, it was just almost like comical. It was unreal. It was like, he was so stubborn. I was like, it was like credit dues were 
where cre- or credit's given where credit's due. And he was just, he never budged. So it was like, it was a competitive, it was like, I got competitive. I was like, dude, I'm going to break you. <laughs> and I never did. I must break you. Yeah. Did he, uh, but how did he finish off or how did he, the rest of it go? Yeah. So, you know, we, we went our separate ways and, uh, he, he actually, you know, he did not like me. He was just like, he was really excited to leave. Um, or I, I actually ended up going, uh, elsewhere, getting transferred to a different spot and I moved on. But he was kind of, I don't want to say he was excited that I left, but like, he just wasn't really Ready fond for of change me. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So funny enough, I was, uh, I became his zone leader. That's what it was. And so one day about, you know, three or four months later, he, he would come up to me. He's like, Hey man, you know, I realized like I was kind of rough on you. And I was like, you think? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, so that was kind of like the first steps of like, okay, you know, he's getting better. Like, that's awesome. But then like one of the elders came up to me, he's like, dude, you know, Elder Koneko like has a testimony. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, kind of sad as that sounds, you know, it's like, what? The, the missionary has a testimony? But I was like, no way. He's like, yeah, like he bore it the other day. And like, and for like, for him, like, like that's huge. That, yeah. For, that was huge. And it was crazy because we're in our zone meeting and uh, his district leader was like, it was kind of like, I don't know, presenting some sort of trophy or like, well, today we would like to pick on Elder um, Koneko and, you know, invite him to, sp- and, uh, to bear his testimony. Everyone's like, oh, wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. Is this what's going to happen? And he bore his testimony and it was the most sincere testimony I've, I mean, I don't know if like, I've ever heard, but it was just like, I just remember it was so sincere and I was like, holy cow. And the spirit just testified that was true. And it was just like such a simple testimony, but pure. And it, I was like, he's doing it. Uh, I was, I was really happy. And him and I have a really good relationship. We still talk and everything. So it's just funny how the events turned out that way, because for sure, like if you'd asked me like the first week or first two weeks or like a month after. Yeah. Never, never. I thought for sure we just wouldn't be talking or anything or just, yeah, it just would have been a waste of time. But I know I was kind of a jerk to him too, because well, it was a tough situation. Yeah. And that's the funny thing is as a missionary, when you're in that situation, mm-hmm. it's the worst. And like every day, every minute is an hour long. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to get frustrated and be like, why is he even here? Why is this missionary out? Like they shouldn't be out here. And Mm -hmm. with enough wisdom from being home to any missionary or future missionary that's going to be in that experience, Mm -hmm. you have to bite that bullet because one day they might have a testimony. And even if they don't, there's no way in two years of teaching or being around people that are teaching and testifying of Jesus Christ and having to read the scriptures all day, every day, or at least for two hours or yeah. an hour, yeah. there's no way that they're not going to have an, a moment that's going to change them or affect them. Mm-hmm. Like you just got to hold on. Yeah. And like, sometimes you got to be with them. You got to be Trevor and you got to be with them when they're a punk, but eventually yeah. it'll turn around. Yeah. So we had, we had good times. Like looking back on it, I'm like, man, that was fun. Like in the moment it was just like, I thought it would never end. Those, those <laughs> were like the longest three months of my mission. So that was your first son. Who's your second son? My second son was at the end of my mission and we were both whitewashed into this area. So we both uh, started this new specific area, but it was so fun. He was, it was funny. He was this tall black dude and I'm this short. I'm, I don't know if I'm not short, but like I'm not tall either. So I'm like five ten. and he was like six, three. I'm just white as white and he's black as black. Like Ed dark. Honey. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just so fun. It was, I mean, I'm sure we just made everyone just like look at us because in Mexico, like it's, 
they're already everyone stares at missionaries anyways yeah exactly but like see like a black and white dude it's just like wait what's going on but we we had a good time um and he was a professional soccer player he re- he was from honduras wow so he was on the world cup finals for the youth team for honduras like the under 18 or whatever the under 18 yeah wow and i remember running with him jordan and i was and of course like you know our physical our our workout programs in, in mexico weren't all that great but i remember running with him and i was like I, I, it was just so bad. I, I hate running. This, guy's a w- this guy was, yeah, it was so effort for him, effortless for him. It was crazy. What? So y- you and him go, what was his name? Elder Ramos. Elder Ramos. You and Elder Ramos go to whitewashing area, which means neither of you have been there before. It's Correct. a tough assignment and you're training him at the same time. Yeah. How did that go? It went really well. It was it was one of the, it was the most productive time of my mission. It was so fun to be able to teach him and kind of just like, I loved the idea of like, Hey, you know what? Like, this is the end of my mission. I'm going to try and teach you all the good things that I've learned the past two years, because obviously there's a whole bunch of stuff that like, you know, I wasted time on or didn't work out like, but I was like, Hey, this is what I do know that works. And, you know, working with the members and asking for referrals and, you know, teaching with the spirit and just like, we had a really good connection as well. So it was, it was a blast. Um, you weren't intimidated it was or like actually, scarred from training earlier that I, I, I kind of had, kind a, of well, by, by then I had the, the positive out or the change cause he had yeah, changed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But now that I, so it's coming back now, but we were whitewashing that area because the elders before were just, you know, knuckleheads. And so they got reassigned. So it was actually, it was, I loved it because the members did not have any confidence in the missionaries and like literally because we were such an oddball they were like really curious about us they're like <laughs> what the heck you know and he was yeah he was a great guy and i had i, I mean i don't want to brag but like my spanish was really good so like i never felt uncomfortable like we would be in the in the uh ward and we would both be like talking to like two, two people separately so like we got like double the work done we would be together and everything and we just worked hard and got things done. I don't know. It was just a blast to be with him. Yeah. Um, there were multiple times it was rough cause. Oh, okay. So I guess first off, basing off the story of we were able to earn the trust of the members, like quickly turn that around. And I was just like, so proud of him and like us and like just super grateful to be able to have that opportunity that the Lord trusted us to be able to gain the confidence of the members because it was a great area. Like the ward loved missionary work, but they just really lost the trust in the missionaries. And so when we just kind of spent time with them, eating lunch with them and doing that, that's when we had, um, that the most that member lesson and that, and that family and everything. Yeah. So they saw like we were baptizing that we were bringing, bringing people in and they're like, Oh, these are hardworking missionaries. So they trusted us to be able to get the work done. And it was a blast. And that's so huge for missionaries is the, the members see you everywhere you go. Oh yeah. And there's a phrase of, at least my brother-in-law served in Orem mm-hmm. and the phrase is every member, a mission president. Oh, okay. And it's tough because you're being scrutinized all the time, but members know if you're doing the right thing or not. And yeah. they, like, I've got some good friends that aren't members of the church. I'm not going to let some random 18 year old, 19 year old who's not working hard or who I see like, Oh, for sure. Being diso- they're not, they're not going to talk to my person about like the worth mm-hmm. of their soul and about Jesus. Like, I, yeah. can, I, I will wait or whatever, Yeah, you know? No, totally. Oh, I'll take it in my own hands. I'm kicking myself yeah. because 
there was an elder and I think his last name started with an H and I thought I copied it in here and I'm not seeing it. Do you know what I'm talking about? You wrote down someone that you wanted to talk about. Oh, I did? Yeah. Elder H? Like Hauser or, or something like that? Hauser. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about Elder Hauser. Yeah. So Elder Hauser was the companion after I had my first son. So I was like kind of uh, on a low. I was just like kind of like bummed, but we were zone leaders together. And <laughs> he was... He was my f- second white companion or American companion. And my first one I only had for four weeks. Um, so we were together, I think for two transfers or one. But it was just so fun because the mission, like, I was pretty serious. And so I definitely did not balance my fun with my seriousness. You know, uh-huh. to me, it was just like, no, we're here to, you know, preach and baptize. That's it. No fun. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Sit down. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Exactly. But obviously like that's not the case, you know I mean? In order to stay sane, you had to have a good time and have fun. And he really helped me to kind of just relax. And it was just like a different perspective because we were, I mean, up until that point, like I was in a different culture, different country. So like it was hard to let my guard down and just like, you know, be myself and everything. But he was just a fun guy. And we would just have a blast together and we worked hard. Um, but one of, one of our, my favorite memories, I was looking at a video this earlier today is we, we both enjoyed to sing. He was a really good singer. And so we, one day we were like, Oh, what's, what song should we, you know, start off our studies with? And I was like, America, the beautiful. <laughs> and like, we start singing it like the first, I don't know how many verses there are, but what, it's like four or five. I was going to say there's song. multiple. Yeah. First verse, we just sing it and it's like, you can kind of get the goosebumps. And then like, he starts like drumming and it's like, America. And he's like, <laughs> and then like all of a sudden it's just like, yeah. <laughs> and like we, I don't know why, but I decided to videotape it. By the end of it, we're both like standing up, pounding on our plastic <laughs> lifetime chairs, oh, not chairs, um, tables. And just like, yeah. And we like high five, like America. <laughs> it's just like, two white guys in the middle of Mexico. Just, was it, was it so it relieving was so to patriotic. be with an American? Um, I don't know if you had a preference, but was it nice to like, it was, have to always be, be speaking Spanish or so like they, they were pretty strict about obviously like they always want you to speak in Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. So I mean, 99% of the time we would speak Spanish, but like sometimes we would speak English and it was just like, either way though, it was like, Oh, we're Americans. Like, Oh, we're, you, ha- you honestly have that connection with them. Like if nothing else, like, Oh, okay. We grew up in, you know, in America, in the United States, which I don't want to say like, Oh, just because you didn't doesn't mean you can't have that connection or it was just, but like, but you share a similar culture. Yeah, sure. exactly. So yeah. you just automatically like being in a foreign country where all of a sudden, like where you're the majority, now you're the minority. It's like, Oh, okay. At least we can kind of bond over this. But then we bonded over so many other things. We just had a blast. I imagine one of the first peop- people that you met was your mission president and his wife. What, yeah. What was he like? What were they like? In Mexico? Okay, so I kind of had two versions of that because I had my Salt Lake City West and then I had my Mexico first impression. So Salt Lake City West, that one like is in, in, uh, ingrained in my head because he started crying before I even started talking. Like I sat down, he just starts crying. And I was like... I'm okay. Oh no. Like, did my mom die? Like, I thought he was just about to say like, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Like, like, 
your mother died. Or, you know, I don't know. Like who starts crying without, I've never met the man, you know, <laughs> starts crying. He's like, I want you to know that I don't view you as a visa waiter. I was like, oh, okay. I see where this is going. Okay. Gotcha. Which was, it was like really kind of him. Yeah, but like he be scared me to death. Sure. <laughs> You're like, should I be He's feeling like, this? Like the nicest guy ever. And Seriously. Yeah. Char's like, uh, <laughs> anyways, but, um, <laughs> yeah, my first, uh, mission president in Mexico, he was a fireball. He was a short, small little guy, but he native was, or yeah, he was Mexican. Uh-huh. He was from Mexico city. Um, president Salinas. But I remember he was very letter of the law and his w- wife was very strict as well. And it was just like, they pushed you hard. It was, it was rough, but like, I mean, it was a loving pushing. Hard. When you say rough, what do you mean? Like it, it was just exhausting. Like they had high standards or they were very like, Oh, if you drink your, so like in Mexico, they, they made the rules. Like you had to drink like your eight bottles of water. Like they give you those, that filtered plastic water bottle. And you, I don't know if you remember that, Zach, but I do. Mine never worked. Yeah. But it was like the hardest thing. Cause you have to like pump it and push the water through the filter. Wait, and so then the church like, gives you a plastic water. Yeah. Bottle. So yeah. it's basically, it's like a water bottle, just like Trevor has right here, but it has like a filter on the inside and you have to like, because you can't trust the water. Yeah. You have to like yeah. squeeze it and you have to like suck through it and it filters it. It's, it's like impossible. Yeah. And then like over time, like the filter just like starts crusting over or something and it just gets harder and harder. And it's like, you almost burn more calories, like drinking, <laughs> but, um, anyways, the point is she was pretty, they were pretty rough in the regards of, they would like make us drink eight waters of, or eight cup, bottles of water, bottles of water. And like the idea was, well, if you did that, you wouldn't be sick right now, older. And you're like, oh no, I didn't drink my eight bottles of water yesterday, but yeah, I do have a headache. And it's like, well, why didn't you drink your eight bottles of water? Cause it uh, takes a half hour to yeah. squeeze this bottle off. So it was like, okay, well I get it. I may have you like you pass out. Yeah. It's like, okay, I get the point. Like I should have drink my water, but I still have a like headache or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's just the point. But yeah, I remember those yeah. water bottles. Mine. I don't, mine did not work once. I used to just bless the water. <laughs> <laughs> For real. So I was just like, please don't get me sick. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like taste sand? You're like, oh, geez, this oh, is going to be bad. No. So your mission president's wife are strict. Was that, and it, it was hard and it was new, but what was good about that for you? It later on gave me the ability to kind of see how I wanted to raise my children, I guess. Um, because my second mission president, President Garcia, he came in and he was just very loving and you would think like, I thought for sure, like missionaries were going to push him over and everything. I was like, oh, he's a mission, new mission president. They're going to take advantage of him. But like, he was such a Christ-like example of just like not judging you and like just loving you and helping you to be a better person that it attracted your best self and it just brought the best self out of you. And then the, the sister president, she just brought us like Costco chocolate chip muffins and we were like, that's that's not allowed. Like you, you do that. <laughs> we were just like, so used to like not being treated at our like visits and everything. I was like, Oh, this is amazing. So she won us over really quick. Stomach. I yeah. think it's also like important to know that there's always like, there's, there's two sides to the coin for sure. Every mission president. Right. Like, and I, I was lucky enough to just have the same mission president, my entire mission. Mm-hmm. But at the same time he was very loving, but at the same time he was very strict. Right. And so I got like, 
you, you come in time to like realize, yeah. you know, why? Yeah. You know, like I have kids now and it's like, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah it, it is nice to teach a rigidness when it, when it comes to following rules and, it, you know, being an example and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's nice to, to get a chocolate chip muffin every once in a while. <laughs> no, and I think it also depends. I had two mission presidents and it depends. The first one was very similar to Trevor's experience, but also the missionaries that were older than me mm-hmm. needed a little tougher hand, you know, yeah. versus the younger ones, you know, needed more of a hug. For sure. Deal. Yeah, exactly. And it was, I, Trevor, me and Trevor were talking a little bit earlier in my basement yesterday about your mission. Cause and after it, I beat you in bond a few times, that didn't happen. Anyways, it was exciting because I, I I'm going to learn a lot about your mission, but I had no idea the impact that your mission presence had on you. Uh-huh. But something that you said that I really liked was the first one made you want to be obedient. What was it? You wanted to be obedient because yeah. Cause it, out of fear, that's what it was. Out yeah. Of, out of fear, out of fear. Like he would just like call you out and just like, chew you out in front of the missionaries you're like oh no i messed up you know planchar planchar wow hey and then your second one you made you want to be obedient because you didn't want to disappoint him correct because you had a love for him as well yes that's like both my parents (laughs) one was my mom and one was my dad (laughs) (laughs) exactly right you got the the balance the good cop bad cop and i think it's so big to there, there's not a right or wrong way Correct. to lead you as long as you're being authentic and you lead and you start oh, with sure. love and love's a motivator. I think, you know, it'll all work out. Yeah. What was specific about your mission president? You had mentioned like that you felt like he taught you a lot about repentance. Yeah. Was this the first one or the second no, one? No. So it was like, or it was both like a, of them. It was both of them, dude. Like I feel like in the, in Doctrine of Covenants, there's a point where Christ basically tells the church and Joseph Smith, like teach nothing unto them, but repentance. Like sometimes in the church, like out here in Arizona, like you see people like kind of delving off into, you know, the mysteries of God and whatnot. And it's like, I always have to remind myself, like, no, just bring it back to the basics. Like we're just every day repenting, getting better by better. Like that's the goal. It's the only expectation we have in this life. Yeah, for sure. I had companions like that too, that would get super dark, not dark, but deep into the, random nuances of the gospel and stuff like that, bro. Yeah. Just keep it simple. Yeah. And so, so kind of bouncing off of that. Tell me well, what you told me yesterday about, yeah, like, yeah. you got to share that because I've never heard that. No, for sure. So it started off with my first mission president. He had this like atonement. Uh, he, he, he gave this like huge lesson on the atonement. And he's like, when's the last time you felt like the burning fire of God, you know, when you repented and everything. And then he ended and he's like, elders, someone in this room needs to talk to me. Someone in this room needs to talk to me right now. So everybody's like, oh crap. And we're all like, oh, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's lining up. Yeah, exactly. So like nothing really happened out of that for me, but I I started hearing like missionaries like, oh, and you know, actually my dad, my uh, first companion, he said, I talked to my my mission president because I felt like, you know, I had some things I just needed to clear up. He's like, I just felt great talking to him and he, he made me feel better and everything. And now I just, it was just, I saw that change in him. That was kind of like the first like uh, time where I was like, holy cow, like, like I, I've experienced like repentance and all the joys of the atonement uh, before, but like, it was kind of cool to see him as well. Cause as a missionary. it's someone like you, you're living with and you see it, talk to you on an everyday basis. And so I was just really able to notice, I guess the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so huge. Repenting's tough. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's changing the way you think and act and th- the person you are. And, you know, hopefully allowing Jesus Christ to, to cleanse you and help you become a, a, a new creature as the scriptures say. Yeah. But it's really intimidating and in that sometimes you got to go tell someone a priesthood authority about mm-hmm. the sins that you've made that you need help with that, mm-hmm. you, that are weighing you down. Yeah. And like, if we could help, I, like for me in this podcast, like if we can help people feel comfortable with their Bishop and nowadays, yeah. like you can bring your parents in if you don't feel comfortable, like, but whatever you can do, I know that I've, we, everyone sins. Yeah. I've no, had to sure. go talk to the Bishop about things and the weight that you feel before you do is so like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's tough. And the Bishop's like the nicest guy ever. Yeah. And then you finally get in there and you let it out and you work with them and you, it might take one meeting. It might take six months. But when you're finally freed from your sins, mm-hmm. that's what the gospel is all about. Yeah. That's what missionary work is all about. Like we talk about Joseph Smith, but it's all about getting people to that point with yeah. their savior, with mm-hmm. the only father. For sure. I remember one time on my mission, I had, again, similar situation, but it was a, a 7D who's now an apostle. <laughs> um, the, the Brazilian one, I can't remember his last name. Yeah, Suarez came and talked to us and he was with Carlos Godoy, who's a 7D. Same thing. Hey, and it wasn't like you need to come talk to me. It's like, Hey, if you got anything, just let's get it out. And I was like, of course. Then you start thinking, but I remember we went home that day and I, we were going back the next day for interviews and I like couldn't sleep and all this stuff. And I remember sitting and I'm just like my heart just going crazy. And then after talking to the, to the mission president and he's like, yeah, you've, you've repented of this. And I remember walking and the beach was right there. And I just remember like hearing the the sun looked brighter. The trees <laughs> looked greener. It was just like, that is what it feels like. That is what the atonement feels like. It was just like, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. It's just like, uh. yeah. I mean, I know we kind of, well, let's roll this back into Trevor, but that's, it's I mean, beautiful that your mission president yeah. allowed you guys to have that experience. Yeah. So my first mission president, he, he kind of gave me like the inception of the idea of like, oh wait, like just cause I'm on the mission doesn't mean like I'm cleared and, and not necessarily cleared and good to go, but like that I don't have, I always, I always had, I'm the, not perfect. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I always had the incorrect way of thinking of your worthiness is a black and white thing mm. where it's, oh yeah, no, I'm 100% worthy or I'm 100% not. And I, my experience has taught me that that's not the case that obviously, like, as we strive to have the spirit there, there's certain like uh, degrees that we can grow in strength for sure. And as we grow, then we start, uh, becoming better and repenting more that type of thing. Anyways. So then my se- second mission president came in and so, yeah, he was just so loving and he just basically said the same thing that kind of like Zach mentioned, just said, Hey, you know, I like, please, if there's anything you can, you want to talk to me about, feel free and open, you know, I love you guys. I, I can promise you that I want to work with you and make it work out and everything. And he gave the example of, um, as missionaries, we are kind of like the conductors of light. So we are not the light. The spirit is the light, but through us, the spirit is transmitted to our investigators. And sometimes, you know, we're not necessarily 100% blocked basically, you know, major sins. Like, yeah, obviously you 100% block this effect of the spirit. But many times, you know, when we're having problems with our companions or, you know, we're getting distracted, those impurities can block, um, certain effects of the spirit or the brilliance of the light. Anyways, when he, when he said that kind of just like clicked in my head, I was like, you know, okay. So, uh, 
I, I remember I went and talked to him. I was like, Hey, you know, I think I have some things that still bother me a little bit. And he's like, okay, you know, he's like, you know, let's just do this. He's like, write everything down, everything down that you're basically ashamed of that you would not want to like share or you would want to repent of. And I didn't realize this, but it was, it was um, part of one of the, the 12 steps program uh-huh. is that's one of the things you do. And so I actually had a companion who did like a few weeks before I did. And for like three hours, I just read to him like my entire life story and like all the things that I was like, you know what? Like, I, I feel like I should have been better in this. And it was like, at first, like my stomach just nodded up so hard. I was like sweating, panicking, just like, oh man. But I was like, you know what? I want to be the best person I can be. And if it means like, you know, whatever the consequences, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I just want to do it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I remember, yeah, for three hours, he just sat and listened. And at the end, like, he was just like, thank you for telling me that, you know, like, he's like, you're good to go. Like, I've, I, I honestly, I don't remember too much what he said, but I do remember the feeling just like what Zach mentioned. I was just like, it was just like the love of the savior, just like his yeah. arms, just engulfing you and totally. just telling you like, Hey, you know what? Like I still love you. And it was, it was the most humbling and like amazing experience. And it, it takes so much humility to confess. Mm-hmm. And I think again, I think Satan tries to make repentance like, this is a hard thing. Like you can't do that or you can't not maybe not repentance because repentance is hard. Like it, it there's a, mm-hmm. if it wasn't hard, you know, everyone do it all the time. Like there's, yeah. there's, there's a reason you have to learn, but I mean, the, for, the forgiveness should be easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the father I is quick. About. Jesus is quick to forgive. Mm-hmm. And it's, it surprises us when we're like, Oh man, like this weight is gone. Yeah. Like, I feel amazing. And the one thing I've learned in my life and I learned it on my mission is the adversary. He is one smart dude. And it's, he's, it's that fear of confronting is sometimes all he needs to give you right to slow you down or then to give up and then be like, you know what? This isn't for me. Yeah. Um, and real quick again, I know this is Trevor's podcast, but (laughs) having myself gone through that, I actually, I don't know. What do you guys say? Do you think it's hard for people to really, I guess I don't want to say it's hard, but to understand the importance of maybe experiencing that before you go on your mission. Cause you have for, for sure. Oh, yeah. And it's tough because I get very, I want everyone to have the experiences that I've had. And so I've had friends that were like just figuring out on their mission. And it's like, I don't think you can appreciate it and teach it as well. Mm-hmm. If you haven't ever experienced it, you know, but regardless, you should go on a mission and hopefully have that experience at least on your mission, but you can have yeah. that experience before yeah. that intimate relationship with the savior. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think for sure. If I was to boil it down, it's exactly what you talked about. I, I, leaving that it's not necessarily that I had a better relationship with a mission president or anything. It was, I had a better relationship with my savior and I understood just a little bit more what that atonement, what, what he did, you know? like again I, I can take you back on google maps to the exact road i was walking down and like <laughs> just feeling the sun and it's probably the same for you trevor you just, yeah. it's just like some of those things you don't forget you know yeah i'll shut up no this, <laughs> this is a beautiful tangent this is like what the podcast should be about all the time <laughs> yeah what was one way that your testimony changed from before you left uh my testimony really became independent and my own in regards of, I guess, growing up in Arizona, 
uh, had, I mean, you guys started off the podcast saying, you know, my dad, he's, he's a great guy and, and he is. Um, but you're definitely in the bubble. But I, Mesa. I was definitely in the bubble of Mesa and depended heavily on my parents, uh, upbringing and testimony. And I had ex- spiritual experiences, obviously, um, before the missionary thing, but it wasn't like I really had that many, that much opposition either, you know, but so I guess where I'm going with that is on the mission, I was really able to put my faith in what I was taught and really put it into actions, you know, kind of like talking about, um, talking to my mission president or, you know, having faith in the leaders and trying to, they would give us strategies in order to, able to help people become baptized or preach my gospel, you know, just reading your scriptures and saying your prayers and everything, all that stuff. Like it became my, my own responsibility. It wasn't anyone telling me like, Hey, you know what time to go to church today or stuff like that. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about the mission. It's like a analogy for life in that if you can learn these principles Mm -hmm. of when you're suffering and you're in pain and you need help, there's somewhere you can go. There's someone you can go to. Yeah. Sets you up for success the rest of your life. And I'm not saying you're gonna be successful. I've, I've had a, mm-hmm. a rocky road. There's everyone has a rocky road, you know, but there's, there's but it teaches you like the principles that you yeah, there's internal on. principles that, that will bless you forever. Yeah. Wrapping up. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about? So listening to your podcast, I know you always bring up and on your emails as well. You'd always talk about how like transitioning from the mission to home was really hard for you. Oh, transition. Your transition home was hard for me. I go to Trevor's house. Trevor's one of my best friends. And I see the skeleton. Oh, you seriously I weighed was like skinny. a buck 25 or something. I, yeah. I, do you know how much you weighed? I was, I think I was 140 pounds. You were the skinny, which now I'm like 180 and you've always been thin, but you weren't thin. You were like sick. Well, that was, skin. yeah, that was like two weeks after my appendicitis. So like, and it yeah, was, yeah, it was a combination of, yeah. My heart was just like, we're going to put meat on this guy. <laughs> like we're going to work out. We're going to eat food. You took care of me. Is 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 a good time. But anyways, go ahead. But it's funny because you, you, I know like for you, it, it was hard coming back. It was the opposite for me. Not so much like, it was easy for me to come home. Not easy for me, but like the transition wasn't necessarily difficult. Like I was ready to come home and excited to take the next steps in life. But waiting to go on my mission was the toughest time period of my life because all you guys like started leaving and I I think I was the second to last person in my grade. Yeah. We'll leave on a mission. You're, you're so young for the grade. Like you almost should have been the next grade. Yeah. I think Jacob Hall was the only one that went after me. You know, Jacob Hall. Yeah. Yeah. He went to, he went to my mission too. So it was just funny because like, Oh, I forgot last two, like we went to the same mission or anything, but yeah, like it just sucked because I, started going like, it was like, I was too old to go to priests, but at the same time, like YSA, you would go to YSA and it's like, Oh, you're getting married. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was just like, Oh, you're, there's no real place for someone who's at the not time. Gone in, yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was like a weird limbo. Like, man, like, yeah. so I'm just really glad they changed, they changed the updated the, I guess, requirements where you can leave right after high school, basically when you turn 18. Had that been the case, I would have, yeah, gone earlier. What what advice would you give to someone? Because now we have missionaries that are back from quarantine and are waiting for things to settle down. Mm-hmm. And so there's people in limbo now. What what advice would you give them? Um, probably just have an eternal perspective of things, um, focusing not necessarily on the now, but understanding what your end goal is 
how you're going to get there uh, on the day-to-day basis. Keep yourself busy, find a hobby, some sort of project, I guess. I mean, it, it's just keep yourself occupied. Yeah. For, for me, at least, you know, I went to college and everything. So that, that helped. But then again, I was studying medicine and then I ended up coming back from a mission studying business. So it yep. kept me busy, but do you want to talk about that? Uh, we can, we, we don't have to. No, it, no, I don't think it doesn't really have anything. The one thing I would, and I totally agree, like, and I love that you said to have an eternal perspective, because especially when you're young, it's like, if you're doing nothing on a Friday night, mm-hmm. it's like the end of the world. Yeah. It's, that's the worst oh, yeah. thing ever. But as you get older, it's like, it's just another day. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fine. Dude, especially in this lockdown, it's like, I don't even know what day Yeah. Is. Every day's a blur. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Trevor wrapping up, would you mind sharing your testimony in your beautiful Spanish? <laughs> is, are you going to edit that out? No. <laughs> yes. Rolling your R's. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to. Um, quiero compartir mi testimonio. Uh, de, de Jesucristo que para mí es alguien que personalmente he podido conocer uh, por mi misión y durante toda mi vida yo sé que él es alguien que vive que es nuestro salvador yo sé que también que el evangelio ha sido restaurado mediante de un profeta José Smith durante esos días Um, y que también las llaves y el sacerdocio puede ser um, ¿cómo se llama? es la autoridad de Dios sobre la tierra hoy día estoy muy agradecido por por la oportunidad que tuve para servir la gente en México que por todas las cosas que ellos me enseñaron lo, los miembros, la gente todo y pues no sé pues nada más si hay algo que, que quiero que ellos sepan es, es que cada día debemos vivir el evangelio que no importa en, en dónde en, en qué parte de la vida estamos que podemos hacer algo para vivir el evangelio y ser mejores y en mi experiencia eso es lo que ese es el propósito de nuestra vida y Comparte esas cosas en el nombre de Jesucristo. Amen. Amen. Trevor, thank you for coming on. Thanks, Jordan. It's been a while chasing you, and I'm excited that we finally <laughs> get this posted. I know, dude. It's going to be weird listening to my voice. I don't like listening to my voice, but <laughs> I like how I sound. There you go. Today, because I woke up early and my voice is low. anyways if this podcast has done anything for you please like and subscribe me and zach we're doing this for free but we'd like you to like it and subscribe it just so your friends and family can see it i think i think what we're doing is is a good thing we've had a lot of people reach out and and thank us for things and if you have a story um we'd love to hear it reach out to us on instagram or uh, hereby called 19 at gmail.com until then we'll post this on sunday thank you